Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Where's Jake At podcast. We are here at the Shaker campsite in Massachusetts after a lovely 17-mile day where we finally decided to get back on trail after enjoying ourselves in town for a while. The day started with having some, well, first we cleaned up uh, the farmhouse that we stayed at, and then we went to get some bagels with our buddy Tyler, Mello's best friend, and he dropped us off at the back of the trail. And then the day was pretty chill. We had some great views. The smoke finally seemed to really clear out today, which was nice. So we had some great views of Mount Race and Mount Everett, which we've climbed uh, a couple days ago before the zeros. And, uh, yeah, really just enjoyed the day. I mean, there was some beautiful pine trees, and we saw a beaver dam that was currently under construction, uh, which I just love the little beavers. They're the best. So that was cool. Um and yeah, nice little time at the campsite, and it's about 7.30, and just winding down for bed, which is always a really good feeling. So that was the, the update for today. Um, as far as content for today's episode, I actually have a little story I want to read you, some history. It's been a while since we've put a ton of history on the podcast, besides Mellow's history of the town of Great Barrington yesterday. So here, please, if you'll indulge me, you can enjoy the history of, let's see here... Uh, let me just pull up my notes. The history of Colonel Henry Knox's trek from Ticonderoga to Cambridge in 1755 or 1775 to 1776. And this trek passed through very close to this location, heading from Great Barrington to Monterey, which side note, I don't know how there's a Monterey, Massachusetts. It sounds like a California town. But anyway, we will condense we will begin with the history here. So on December 1st, 1775, General George Washington sent Colonel Henry Knox to Fort Ticonderoga to up, in upstate New York, near Canada, to bring 59 cannons to Boston and drive out the British. Knox and his men arrived at Fort Ticonderoga, put the cannons on big flat-bottom boats, and rode them through freezing weather to the southern end of Lake George. Then, as he reported to Washington on December 17th, I have made 42 exceedingly strong sleds, and it provided a yoke of 80 oxen to drag them as far as Springfield, where I shall get fresh cattle to carry them, to present your excellency a noble train of, of, of artillery. On January 5th, the artillery reached Albany, but once again, nature did not cooperate. The ice on the Hudson was not deep enough to support the weight of the two sleds, or a weight of the sleds. During each of the first two attempts at the crossing, Knox saw a precious cannon lost to the river. But on the evening of January 8th, he was able to write went on the ice by 8 o'clock in the morning and proceeded so carefully that before night we got over 23 sleds and were so lucky to get the cannons out of the river owing to the assistance of the good people of the city of Albany. Continuing eastward, Knox and his men crossed the border into Massachusetts and struggled on to Springfield. From here, both the roads and weather improved. Though with the 80 yoke of fresh oxen, the expedition passed through many Massachusetts towns, and on January 24, 1776, Knox's noble train of artillery arrived in Cambridge. With the Berkshire Mountains still ahead of them, they finally forged through the snow into Massachusetts and began four of the most hazardous days of the entire journey. From Alford to North Egremont to Great Barrington, Monterey, and Otis, the sleds bearing their heavy load moved slowly through the densely wooded mountains, cutting paths where no roads existed. Yet lay ahead the treacherous Glasgow Mountain, about 30 miles east of the Appalachian Trail, separating Blandford from the present town of Russell. The men, some of whom were regulars from the New York militia, 
recognized the hazards of the descent and hesitated to push on. They hired Teamsters. The hired Teamsters also feared for their lives, knowing that the unwieldy cargo could come crashing down upon them as they made their way down the icy slope. They refused to move. Here again, as had happened before, and would happen again many times, Knox was forced to rely on the help of local farmers to provide additional teams of men and oxen that could persuade the drivers to press on. In mid-January, the cold and weary party arrived in Westfield. Knox apparently had ridden ahead preparing food and shelter for everyone after the frightening ordeal. Partially out of the sense of gratitude for the town and for its welcome greeting, and perhaps out of a need to let off some steam, some steam, Knox agreed to fire one of the cannon called the Old Soul, Old Sow, S-O-W, and a noisy salute to the task ahead. Rejuvenated the band, pushed on to West Springfield, and crossed the Connecticut River. So, that's some interesting facts about the Berkshires, which is where we are right now. Hope you enjoyed the little history tidbit, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Radio out.